0: This is the Discuss Metal Podcast with Joel Lulver of Trenches, hosted by Dan Terry, presented by DiscussMetal.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Discuss Metal Podcast. My name is Dan. I will be your host for this evening. And with me tonight is Joe Lulver from Trenches. How are you doing tonight, man? Pretty good. How are you, man? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Awesome. Staying inside, staying away from everybody uh as much as I possibly can. That's right. <laughs> but um, you know, one of one of the reasons that I uh that I wanted to pull you on tonight was um you had just recently posted in the labeled podcast group on Facebook about um some stuff going on uh with the band. Kind of an update. I I think uh for anybody that hasn't been following the band for a while, um a lot of people were, were surprised, <laughs> you know, they're like, Oh yeah, we're, we're, we're still here. We're still, we're still doing stuff or we're trying to do stuff. And, um, and so I was like, Oh man, I should, I, I should reach out and, and have a conversation, but, uh, we will, we will definitely get into that, um, into that a little bit later, but, um, I kind of want to just shift the focus onto to you and, uh, and, and get some information out there that maybe some people don't know. And uh, so I'll start with because uh, I know you're involved in like a lot of um, a lot of stuff other than just trenches, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so um, I guess I'll just start off easy and just uh, where would you grow up?
1: Well, I grew up in Shipshawana, Indiana. It's uh, a really small community there. It's actually small enough to be a town still. Um, it's not a city. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I grew up in a class of, like 84 people. Uh, we have forty percent Amish, so I did a lot of dodging uh, what we call road apples from horses. Uh, <laughs> that drove around a lot there. Um, yeah, so I, and I got into guitar and music and and stuff in band in school uh, in like fifth grade. I started testing out instruments that I wanted to play, and I chose drums, uh, and I had like a I think I I tested well on most of the instruments, but rhythm was one thing I had a problem with. So naturally, yeah. Mom and dad, get me a drum set. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I played drums for a few years. I wasn't very good at that. I could maybe get through something like the Weezer blue album or something like that. But, uh, I moved on to guitar uh, at age 14 and just kept playing and playing guitar after that. Stuck with that. Um, when I was 17 years old, I tried to start recording music with my dad's Barbershop Quartet's PA system. Oh, wow. Setting that up to uh, just make my my friends uh, band together. We were, we were called the Yellow Llama Clan. thought that was a really awesome name back then. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did some, we did some recordings. Um, I got really into the whole process of trying to capture sound. Uh, it grew exponentially from there um in 2000 i started recording bands for free using those techniques and then eventually bought a sound card uh made for the computer to do these things uh and started working with pro tools um and then started producing bands um from that point on uh that was my thing uh did that for like a decade straight in indianapolis um did a lot of hardcore bands and, and uh, indie rock, stuff like that. Uh, met the guys in Haste the Day. I used to play in a band with uh, Jason from that band uh, that we were called the Unraveling Complex, which then became The Bowels of Judas. And they uh, they did some good stuff. Um, I remember The Bowels of them. Judas.
0: Yeah. Okay. yeah.
1: Yeah. They were an awesome band. Um, Haste the Day was awesome. A lot of good guys that were all good friends with everybody in an intrinsic circle there. And so I knew Jimmy, um, and uh, he, uh, he was going to leave Haste Day to commit to his marriage, and that was going to be the end of that band. And we didn't really think he was going to do something else after that. And uh, he approached me one day and, and asked if, if we could work on something, and, and that was the birth of Trenches right there. That was like two thousand mid-2006, and we started
0: making it happen in 2007 that's cool yeah it was a minute ago i remember um ah i remember that record just kind of uh kind of appearing out of nowhere i think um with me being kind of a solid state um tooth and nail kid so to speak at that time um i remember it being kind of the most different thing that i think i'd ever heard on that label um as far as uh as far as the sound you know like still heavy but kind of more in that like um cult of Luna, you know, type of uh slower, uh, kind of, kind of jammy music. And, um, no, that was, that was super, super cool because there really wasn't anything out there at that time that was kind of in that, in that genre for that particular audience, you know, man,
1: let's also be say cult of Luna, man. I, I love that band
0: a yeah. lot. Well, yeah. Cause like I was listening to, <coughs> excuse me, I was one of those, uh, I was one of those kids that, you know, youth group and, and, and stuff like church, everything was related to church in some way. And, um, so, you know, I have to listen to all the solid state bands, but, uh, you know, I'm at the same time, I'm listening to stuff like cult of Luna and ISIS and, you know, some of that, some of that more post metal stuff. And, um, and so it was really, really, really cool to hear something like that come out, um, on solid state. But, um, if i can rewind the clock back a little bit we'll get back to this cuz i got a lot more to say about trenches but there's um what <laughs> what got you into uh in, into harder music
1: man um go deep yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's go deep uh so i was i was 12 years old and it was over my mom's friend um had a son and he was a bit older than me and we were over there one night and um he would let me just play nintendo in his room um when i was over there so he was out and i was playing nintendo and i saw some metallica records sitting there and i was like oh man i haven't heard this band but i've heard all about them and i've seen those t-shirts and and all that And i put on the black the black album (laughs) and so i was hooked right then when i heard like uh i guess it was the aggressive tones from palm muting and like fast double bass yeah, uh, i had never heard that before. So it didn't matter who was playing it. I was just like enamored. That was that was an amazing sound. Just the velocity and like rawness and the intensity that was behind the the music. i had never heard anything like it because I would just I just hear country music from my mom and Journey and uh, Pink Floyd from my dad. You know, like yeah. Kansas, a lot of a lot of classic rock scenes that were pretty awesome. Glad I was raised
0: that way, you know. Sure, well, yeah, that was that was my whole thing. It's like, how do you go from growing up in a small, you know, small town that's, uh, you know, with with a large Amish population, you know, how does one get into, you know, uh, get into more extreme music? And uh, it's fascinating because it almost seems like it almost seems like that happens more in like more isolated <laughs> in <laughs> environments. Um, well, that's where some of the most creative music comes from. So we start with Metallica and then where do we go from Metallica?
1: Oh wow. <laughs> what a path. Um I would I found bands like Motley Crue and like Guns N' Roses um and then it kind of it moved from that sort of like the Columbia House adventure of finding music Yeah. I don't know if you ever join one of those the CD booklet groups that you would uh order like nine of them well, me and my friend found ways to scam them and just get them over and over again. <laughs>
0: so, I was just going to ask that. I was like, did you figure out how to rip them off? Like you just keep, oh, yeah. keep the ones that you want and then send the other ones back? <laughs>
1: unapologetically figured it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was interesting getting getting new music and, and seeing like what, I guess even at that time being that young, it was almost like, what am I not allowed to listen to also? and and seeing what i could get away with um just to hear why it was so controversial you know sure always curious um but yeah i think i i found punk rock pretty soon after that and the 90s alternative grunge like all kind of came at the same time um yeah definitely i was a big nirvana fan heavily influenced by bands like deftones and shiner quicksand failure um and then all the punk rock bands from the fat records era um warp tour pretty much anybody that played i went to l i went to all the Warp tours in detroit um from 97 to 2000 so i saw like river phoenix before they were phoenix tx and all those <laughs> bands that were <laughs> Blink 82 uh crowd surfing from the back very back all the way to the front i mean it's stuff i would never do now like
0: so it sounds so pain like at my age it definitely feels painful just thinking about it yeah yeah <laughs> um so you know we we go from there and you said you started recording me and that, i think that that's that's the interesting part is that you started recording music um at, at an early age so you were recording you were recording and capturing sound like uh pre- so in the pre-digital era Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, what does that, what does that look like logistically? Um, as far as, do you just start off with like four tracks and kind of move up from there?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of skipped the whole, uh, cassette tape, four track, eight track. Okay. uh, And I, I basically just used my dad's PA and ran, uh, RCA out into a stereo into my computer.
0: Okay. So
1: I had one channel. And i couldn't I couldn't overdub it Oof. was just you get one take and that's it <laughs> um until I found that there were other sound cards that would support more than one channel like sound blaster pro sixteen um uh, and then they started making actual sound cards that you could record with um crazy to talk about that. <laughs> that's that's weird yeah uh, but yeah yeah moving forward from that like i I did a lot of um I like that you just use mixers and get the analog take, you know, like you're micing up your live kit and then um, record. And that's, that's what you got. And I idolize people like Rick Rubin and uh, Terry date, the record bands like corn and uh, Limp Biscuit and the deaf tones and guys just trying to capture those tones.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's, 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 it's funny too, because like going that going, that far back in digital and I know it's not really like to me it doesn't seem like far back but I have to say it's far back because it's like 2020 now but um it seems like yesterday I remember going over to a buddy of mine's house and he had a digital he had like a digital four track recorder that I don't even think I don't even think it recorded to an SD card I think it was like uh I wish I remember what it was called but it was just like a it was like bit like half the size of a cell phone almost and you had and he had to buy a special uh adapter in order to plug it into his computer it was like a windows 98 (laughs) computer Um, it wasn't a zip disk um but i had one of those i might still have it in my garage somewhere um but me and my friends used to just trade mp3s with those um because you could fit so many of them on a zip disk without having to burn a cd um but yeah i remember us recording on that and uh actually really wish my co-host was here because he's he's an audio engineer and um, he could describe this stuff a lot better than I can, but uh, all I would no, do good. is just sing, and he'd be, but he said, you know, kind of like what you were saying. He's like, yeah, you, when, whenever you sing it, like, don't screw up. We can't go in and fix it like, <laughs> or anything like that. You just have to like right. do the best you can. So you started recording bands for basically for free out of, uh, out of where, like out of, out of your basement or.
1: Yep. Yeah. I moved to Bloomington, Indiana uh, right after I graduated high school uh, to stay with my friend Clint. Um, and they were all in, in college and I was just there to record and learn. Um, so yeah, I just, I reached out to all the bands that I could find and just offered to record them for free. So I got all my experience with just using bands.
0: That's cool. And then if, uh, if a, uh, if a band goes on to do well or something, they've, they've got, you've got that recommendation kind of, <laughs> uh, in, in the pocket there. it um, always
1: works that way, right?
0: Yep. So at what point, uh, and I assume this is once you started recording, that this is what you just wanted to do as your as your full-time job?
1: Yeah. Um, I didn't even take my SATs in, in high school. I, I just knew that I wanted to record bands, and and that's what I did. Um, so I just started that way. I figured the, the best experience would just be to just work with them directly. Uh, so I started that way. I did end up going to the recording work school, or I'm sorry, the recording workshop uh, in Chillicothe, Ohio in, uh, 2001 for their five week course. Um, that place is awesome. I highly recommend that to anyone who wants to do audio engineering and don't want to go to like, um, engineering school. Cause I honestly think that if you are going to invest your time and money, I would just go try to intern in a studio. Um, cause your, your experience is going to come from hands on, not from class.
0: No, it's good. That's, uh, that's basically what my buddy ended up doing. Very similar story as far as, um, he just started doing it, you know, and then learning, learning whenever, where he could and, and that sort of thing. Um, so now were you, were you playing in bands, uh, during this time?
1: Um, so I started, well, I started playing in that, that band when I was like 17 years old. Um, and I kept playing in bands pretty much, um, always been, trying to create something um, regardless of the times or how difficult it is. I um, just feel like I have to. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I went through, man, I've been in so many different bands. But the the one, when I moved to Indianapolis, um, a band called Spicoli, they were, they were a really awesome band that was uh, doing pretty well. Uh, I had recorded three songs for them for free in Bloomington, and uh, I had just moved up there. And they needed somebody else to play in their band. And so I joined them. And that was the best way to to be introduced to anybody that I met in Indianapolis um, I could ask for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I met a lot of bands and uh, got to record a lot of people. I'm really thankful for all those opportunities.
0: Who were I know you made a list, uh, but I only got about halfway through it. You made a list on Facebook the other day of some of your favorite people that you've recorded um uh, what what are some of your favorite um recording experiences like bands that you've recorded and I'm gonna preface that with saying it doesn't mean that any that you don't mention are shit or that you know
1: um so some of the experiences um'm trying to think here there there was a band that came in um they're not even on that list, and I can't remember the name <laughs> uh, they they had a couple of guys. Um, that were both in music school. Okay. And they were, they were trying to tune um, drums to their guitar strings. And one of the guys was talking about how uh, he had perfect um, pitch. He could, he could call out perfect pitch on mm. anything and wasn't trying to brag about it. He was just saying he, he is known for this in his, in his class. So yeah. we're like, okay, let's test it. And so we literally got a guitar out and would sit there with him facing our direction and we would tune it. And we would detune it and put it in weird places and he, would, he got it right every time. That blew my mind. Uh, <laughs>
0: huh. That's um, crazy.
1: There was a band that I recorded um, called About the Fire. And these guys were Indianapolis uh, punk rock hardcore legends. Um, they, they had a huge following. And um, we did group vocals one day. And um, the way I do those is usually with maybe four or five people, and we just put up a mic in the room about 10 feet away, duplicate that, triple it, whatever you need to do to make it sound like a football team, right? Yeah. About the fire rolls in with 36 people. Oh,
0: my goodness. We line
1: the entire studio and control room with everybody, and had to sit there and conduct it with like a couple pairs of headphones and get everybody on time. Huh. Um, that was the most challenging and probably rewarding experience in in my recording career. Was that <laughs> that moment?
0: That's awesome.
1: That was pretty awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think the most uh, most guys I ever got for a gang vocal was like six dudes, and uh, <laughs> I think they ended up actually recording it like three or four, like or like doubling it, tripling it, or something to make it sound like there were more people in yep. the
1: room. What you do?
0: Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so to move on, uh, to move back over to trenches for a minute. Um, so Jimmy asked you to join the band. Um, so he was already basically like, was he just doing something? Cause I guess he was just doing something as kind of just a, just something to do, but not like wanting to do something like full time.
1: Well, it was, it was like, he wanted to keep making music and we both like, I had a different band at that time called an apparatus that I was highly committed to. Um, and he was trying to work on his, um, oh, he, he, I mean, for the whole reason why he left his today was for his, uh, just focus on his marriage. Uh, so we were both busy. We both knew we had uh, other stuff going on. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a goal to make it a full-time thing or, or anything more than just kind of a studio project. So that's kind of where we started and it, kind of went from there. It just had grown a little bit um in our focus and we we got um other members to like fill the spots to actually like play as a full band and started doing that too. That's cool.
0: Yeah, that was uh that was a very different record for uh for Solid State. Um was the was the Solid State deal just um because of Jimmy's involvement or something contractual or was it like a Solid State uh like reached out or something like that or I I know he was doing H A and R for Solid State for a while, but um anyway, yeah, just basically how did that uh how did the Solid State deal come to be?
1: Well, um we did we did have more than one. We didn't just go with him right away because it didn't we honestly didn't want to do that immediately right off the bat just because Jimmy's involvement is it's kind of like a obvious obvious reason right there. Sure, Um, sure. But at the end of the day they did offer a really nice deal and it was a label that i've always followed since i was a, a young youngster myself so uh being being a part of something with bands like norma Jean and zeo and under oath a living sacrifice you know like that's 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 like heart dude that's that's <laughs> where, where, it's, away,
0: that's where it's at yeah yeah absolutely um but no, it was definitely a definitely a great addition i was um I was actually talking to, uh, Shane Oshner from hands the other night, um, who they also played like a post metal kind of, kind of sound. And I remember, um, I was talking about how, like it was basically them. There was another band called a hope for home that came a little bit later. And trenches were like literally the only bands that were playing that style, like in that, in, in that circle, you know what I mean? Um, And so I always, and it's so funny because I I ended up booking these interviews with all three bands within like, I think a week or two of each other. (laughs) And I was like, oh man, I'm in like, I'm in like this weird, I I guess I'm going through like a post metal phase, uh, this month or something. But, um, but the thing that I, the thing that I thought was the most interesting about the trenches sound was that, um, to call it just post metal is kind of a, a little bit of a disservice because there's a lot of different things kind of going on um on that record and um definitely drew a lot of different influences but i just remember as a fan when the record came out i remember i was like super stoked and like loved the record was telling everybody about it and then i basically just never heard anything about the band f- again for the next couple of uh know, yeah, because i don't as far as i know i don't think that there was like a lot of a lot of shows played right there weren't yeah i think you guys were on cornerstone um trying to remember what year that was um so before cornerstone disappeared 2008 i think 2008 that makes sense
1: yeah it was 2008 because i had just moved to nashville
0: okay yep and um so like with with all of that was it just like one of those we had kind of wanted it to be kind of a studio thing and now we're done or was it just kind of uh, an accumulation of (laughs) of things
1: um You know, looking back, I can't, I can't honestly place my finger on, on one solid thing. Um, we started working on the band and then, um, Jimmy had to move to Nashville for his job, um, working for solid state. Um, and then I followed him and I was there. And basically we left our drummer and bass player back in Indianapolis and we were going to try to just work on, on playing shows and rehearsing. Um, and things just kind of fell apart after a while. Um, I think from the distance, and uh, Jimmy didn't end up staying in Nashville either. And I did. Uh, I stayed for eleven years, um, and so that was that was tough too. After everybody was so far apart at that point, um, getting together was pretty scarce. And I think it was around two thousand thirteen. Um, Jimmy had gotten back, and we were, were saying, okay, well, let's let's really try to to finish this next album and and do it. It's like, okay. Cause I, I had already accumulated about six songs by 2010. Um, and so, and then in 2013, I I recorded and wrote three more and in 2015, uh, two more after that. So that's when it, it finished itself up. Um, and we got all the guitars and bass done in 2015. So yeah, it's been five years and, uh, yeah, we just finally threw on some some more guitars to finish up the album. That's all done, and the vocals are almost completely done. And now we're dealing with a different issue.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: um, before we put the whole album out under our name.
0: Well, there was uh, so I, that was that, and that record is uh, that's the one that was crowdfunded, wasn't it? Yes, the Indiegogo. Um,
1: unfortunately, yes, that was. Uh, <laughs> That was crowdfunded, and um, they're still waiting for their record. So we are we are still delivering on our promises, and um, no one is happy about how this has gone down. And I can't say I'm sorry enough to, to everybody that donated so long ago and have been waiting.
0: Um, yeah, I guess it's like what about seven seven years or so now. Yeah, it's been it's been seven years and
1: we're definitely trying to come through with something solid for everybody.
0: (laughs) Sure. I get it, though. I mean, because back then that was um, (coughs) that was the way kind of ever it kind of seemed that's that's kind of where the industry was going as far as like if you if you have the fans that'll support it, you know, go ahead and do it. But there's so many uh, unseen factors (laughs) too that go into a lot of that stuff.
1: In retrospect, I don't think I would do the same thing again. Um, I would just make sure you got everything in a row. It's <laughs> not going to be anything standing in your way. Pandemic, uh, legal things, unforeseen forces of nature. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Well, um. So you know, obviously, you know the 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 elephant in the room is that you there's a kind of a situation going down about the, uh, about the band's name, as far as there's another band out there that I guess is also called trenches. That's correct.
1: Yes. There is another band that is going, that is going by the name trenches. Um, and I don't, I don't want anything. I don't want anybody to send them messages or be mean to them or anything like that. That isn't, what any of this is about, um, I'm just kind of disappointed that they didn't Google our name before they chose it. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know how it happened, you know, if if, if you're trying to pursue that path. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I found so many roadblocks trying to find any of my band's names, just like trying to be unique. And uh, you really try to dig, you know, because you want to try to get something that isn't going to be taken later, too, you know. You want to try to make a brand brand name association and and build on it, and so yeah, that it's a gut wrencher, man, thinking that it's possible, but then you see it happen, like uh, it, it did with Lady Annabelm and the Lady A the Lady A case, you know. Um, so in this case, we're the Lady A,
0: you know, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> and, and we gotta we gotta protect our legacy, so. Um, I'm not really gonna to speak too much more
0: Yeah, no, you're good
1: beyond that, but we are definitely um taking our steps to protect it. So
0: Well I hope you get it too. Cause I mean that's uh yeah, that's one of those things where I would hate uh I would hate to pull up a pull up a Spotify or something like that and not be getting the band that I thought that I pulled up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um uh, that yeah. sort of thing. Um happens all the time too. I'll get notification I think Norma Jean gets it the worst where like they always mix their stuff with like country singer. Like there was a country singer named Norma Jean. so it'd be all like, there's a new single or whatever, and you'll oh, pull it up and be like, curious. well, that's a, di- that's a different <laughs> direction. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so you've got this, uh, you've got this record coming out. Um, I know you don't, you haven't thrown an exact date on it yet, but, um, you know, so vocals are basically almost, so we, we've basically got a new record, um, mostly
1: essentially yeah
0: okay
1: (laughs) um it it will be out as soon as it's possible um as soon as it is done and mixed it will be out digitally okay and the vinyl will follow uh basically two or three months after that at this point because of all of the back ordering uh i'm sure if you've tried to order anything in the last uh couple months you may have hit some roadblocks um Yes. It carries over into everything, including vinyl products and wax and things that we could not foresee. Um, so yes, there are some roadblocks. But the, the end of the line is, is literally um, we're, we're putting our blood, sweat, and tears into just getting this thing done so that we can get something solid out again. And this won't be the end of it either. Um, we've already got some new material cooking from practicing. Um, so uh, we were, we are going to put out, I'll tell you right now, we're definitely going to put out a EP like soon after Reckoner is out again. Okay. Uh, we'll just do that without announcement. So that's cool. You got to look out for that too.
0: That's exciting. So we've got the potential here soon to have, uh, double the, almost double the, at least one and a half more amount of material than we had all that time before. So that's, uh, that's exciting. Um, sure. and I think, uh, I, I think, I think the coolest thing too, is that, you know, you know, the first record came out, um, such a while back and yet here we are in 2020 and like, you just drop like a hint that like, Hey, we're really trying to like actually do this. And everybody comes out and droves for it. Like that's gotta be, that's gotta be like gratifying.
1: It's, uh, it's, it's humbling. Um, And it is awesome to see the support, especially after um, the ringer we've put them all through. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um,
1: Yeah, we really do appreciate it. And we really hope to come come out swinging as soon as it's safe to play shows again. And I assure you that we're putting our heart and soul into that as well. Um, I don't want to do a single one until we've got all the projection video for an entire reel of the show uh, and lights and some other secrets. So it should be it should be pretty fun when we do
0: start playing live again. That does. Sound, yeah, definitely. Well, it'll be one of the it'll be one of the best things to come out of a to come out of a pandemic is, you know, yeah, we had a pandemic and it was terrible and we all lived horribly for a long time. Uh but hey, we got trenches back. So well, <laughs> there's something to pull from that.
1: I man, I don't know. If if you've been paying attention to other stuff, I there's so many of these bands that I listen to from the 90s that are coming back through and the 2000s uh i got my my favorite hum uh that are coming back they got a new album out
0: oh my god that's dude that cool. hum that hum record is incredible
1: yeah man it's it's so good they they're one of the biggest influences for me personally and even just playing guitar um the first song i learned was come as you are the second one was stars nice so it's like that's uh that's it's great to see them doing it again. Uh, Hope's Falls new record is amazing. Oh yeah, uh, Misery Signals new record is amazing. Just classics coming back, man. I love it.
0: Were you planning on going to Furnace Fest if it would have happened? I,
1: I, I haven't been to a festival since Warp Tour. Since Warp Tour. Um, wow. I just haven't gone, man. I don't know. I lived an hour and a half away from Bonnaroo. I never went. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm not I'm not like claustrophobic when it comes to that sort of thing but I guess there's something about just being near like a center of a would-be apocalypse that just freaks me out I don't know
0: <laughs> sure well th- I mean they they definitely um they definitely ended up postponing it I think until 2021 but it was it was for the ages man like just having having hopes fall uh I think it was l- some of my favorite bands were was like hopes fall zeo living sacrifice um Shy Halud um wow they had everybody converge um like literally everybody everybody that i grew up listening to is basically going to be on this festival and like some of the bands were like reuniting just for the festival <laughs> um well, Shy
1: Halud i didn't know they were doing stuff again that's really awesome
0: yeah 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 they're uh probably not music i actually um talked to Matt Fox a couple of months ago and i even asked him i was like you know, wh- why why it always take so long between like records and stuff? Like I always think you guys are gone and then you drop something. And he basically just flat out was like, Yeah, it just takes a lot of effort and I'm super lazy. And I was like, All right, well, cool. <laughs> cool, cool. You know, I'm I'm into that. Uh um, but yeah. yeah, they were gonna play and um try, beloved reunited for uh Furnace Fest. And um I think they ended up just releasing a cover song, but there were just so many, so many, so many some of the greatest bands that I was a fan of we're all going to be at this festival. And then I think as soon as COVID hit, I was like, Oh no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And they held out for a really, really long time, but uh, eventually I had to get the ticket refund and the hotel book refund and (laughs) all that stuff. Um, But yeah, that was going to be cool, but I definitely look forward to it next year. But uh, speaking of uh, stuff having to do with converge, that's kind of a stretch. Um, You're going to be doing something with uh, um, Kurt blue soon.
1: Oh wow! You did your homework. I did. Um, yeah.
0: It just popped up <laughs> uh, on my. It just popped up on my feed, man. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the
1: drummer for Trenches also plays in a band called Drood. and they are awesome. If you haven't checked them out, check them out. Um, it's doomy sludge experimental. Uh, it's very good. They're a talented three piece. Uh, they got the approval to have their record mixed by Kurt Blue. Um, and so the drums are being recorded by their good friend Nico and I am doing the guitars and bass. Nice. Um, and Kurt Ballou, uh, not only is in my favorite hardcore band of all time, uh, one of the best guitar players in the world and my favorite producer, um, in all of music. Uh, so having the opportunity to work with him, on their album is a humbling honor and i've been waiting for this moment for all my life
0: (laughs) (laughs) i bet so this is what it was all leading up to huh that's right man that's so awesome well that's cool i can't
1: definitely a huge huge influence in in my career and recording and and just music in general that's awesome.
0: Well, man, I really, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your evening to talk. Um, this is cool. This is all very, all information that I did not know um, prior to. Because, like I said, I heard the trenches record, loved it. Never really heard anything else after that. But I was also really bad about following bands until, um, until I started like doing it on a podcast. <laughs> so, um, but no, that's that's really cool, and um, can't wait for the new record, and definitely can't. Uh, just just can't wait to see what the future has it's uh it's looking pretty exciting as long as we can all finally start going outdoors again
1: heck yeah man i yeah i just can't wait for it to be safe to do stuff again and, and get out there and get live um and just and just for all the listeners right now the crickets are because i'm standing outside smoking a cigarette that's <laughs> <laughs> all good not for effect
0: right You're like, dude, here's the real secret stuff right here, okay? Got to get the crickets chirping in the background. (laughs) And that was my conversation with Joel from Trenches. I hope you guys got a lot of the info that you've been waiting for for such a long time about this new album, Reckoner. The band actually has a new song off of Reckoner available on their Facebook page. We'll have a link in the show notes to that. It's really awesome. I've heard it. Jimmy Ryan sounds awesome uh as per usual so uh yeah this was a really 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 fun chat uh just to kind of get a little bit of an idea of what's going on with trenches it's been a very very long time and uh joel was kind enough to uh spend some time with me to talk all of it over so i uh, hope you guys really enjoyed that if you guys are enjoying the discuss metal podcast please let us know send us an email at dan and joe show at gmail.com You can always tweet at us at Discuss Metal. You can follow us on Facebook under Discography Discussion. Make sure to join the Discography Discussion official group. Uh, If there's somebody cool that you know that you think that we should interview on Discuss Metal, definitely let us know as well. And uh, yeah, so just keep your eyes peeled here, guys. There's going to be a lot more Discuss Metal to come. This has been the Discuss Metal podcast with Joel Lulver of Trenches. Presented by DiscussMetal.com.